This just in from the palace. Crown Prince Tiberius Calor VII will be heading off to the choke soon. He is the youngest general in history and the first prince to fight on the lines. We can't fully divulge the details here, but just know that when the bombs fall and the Lakelanders try to break the line, they will get more than they bargained for. Stay tuned for all the official action and congratulations General Calor. I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family book club podcast. Today we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. Absolutely not, Maven rumbles. She's been training for only two weeks. You'll cut her apart. In response, Evangeline just shrugs letting a lazy smirk rise to her features. Her fingers dance against her legs, and I can almost feel them like claws across my skin. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is episode 10, chapters 17 and 18. Maven didn't mutter. I'm really proud of him. No, he's straight up rumbling at this point in time. Went from muttering to rumbling. Hey, Mare was lightning before he was thunder. <laughs> anyway, so Evangeline straight up wants to kill Mare right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I guess do it legally because they're training. Technically, it shouldn't get to the point where one of them dies. Right, because they have healers. They have healers there, but I guess if the fight doesn't get stopped Well, I think the biggest concern, because Mare doesn't want to do this, and Cal and Maven are me, like, no. No. Mm -hmm. This ain't happening, because they don't want anyone to see her blood. Exactly. Right. And that's that's the real reason that they don't want her to do it. And then, of course, Evangeline's friends are all like, though, calling her, you know, you're a chicken, you're this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and... Mary even says, like, yep, this is exactly what I was expecting, an accident during training or yeah. something like that, and then they'll have right no more reason to take care of me. That'll be the end of it. Yeah. Well, she even says, didn't they expect this? This is straight out of the book. Didn't they expect this? Didn't they think it would come to this? Or maybe this is what I have been headed for all along, an accidental death in training, another lie for the queen to tell, a fitting death for the girl who doesn't belong. It's a trap I willingly stepped into. The game will be over, and everyone I love will be lost. So she's she's like, this is set up for me, and I'm gonna. This is it. This is the yeah. plan all along. But of course, she, in typical mayor fashion, the entire universe is going to shut down because this happens to her. I mean, yeah, she's going to be dramatic about it. The, well, because she's a seventeen-year-old girl. Right? right. The funny thing about this to me is is that uh, the Arvin Arvin the trainer. Even seems curious. He's like willing. He like doesn't even say anything as Evangeline just starts throwing metal. Yeah, at Mayor. He's just like, yeah, I kind of want to see where this goes. <laughs> I mean, not like to be hey. fair. That's kind of what training is. Well, right. He's not like, hey, maybe we shouldn't put a girl that's only been training for two weeks with an incredibly skilled and trained fighter. Which yeah. is what Mayor's trying to, yeah, like, point out. Maybe they shouldn't be fighting. It doesn't seem like a good idea. But again, now she's getting to see what it actually is like to be a silver. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's different. She can't back down. You know, she's got to stand her ground. She's got to fight. and She's got to use her ability, you know. But, of course, when they actually start their battle, 
well, when Evangeline starts the battle. Because mm-hmm. Mare's like, no, I'm not going to fight you. No, I'm not going to well, yeah. fight you. Cal, Arvin, just... I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. Ar- I... Arvin, I'm not going to fight her. Cal's like, no, nah, she's not going to fight her. Mm-hmm. Maven's like, no, nah, nah. she's not going to fight her. But she just starts throwing Yeah, she just starts throwing knives, and it's like, well, this is how we're going to do this. I have to fight now, I guess. And Mare does what Mare does best, run. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what they tell her to do. Use her speed. Yeah, just keep keep her moving. She can't aim at, or she can't hit what she can't aim at. Yeah. And it's, uh, there was a little part in here before, right as they're trying to talk her out of, before she starts slinging metal, before Evangeline starts slinging metal at Mare, where Cal's like trying to talk this down and defend Mare and say they shouldn't be fighting. And Mare points out that Cal's just not really good at that kind of thing. He's only good at basically war and fighting. And then Maven right. is better, and he's the one that starts making a good point. Because I just put in my notes, this is another time where Mare basically realizes that, or says that uh, Cal is just good for fighting and being swole and not really good for much of anything else. Yeah. Maven is much more convincing with words than mm-hmm. Cal is. Cal's just like, I don't know, I'm more convincing with my fists. Right. But she doesn't want either one of them to fight her battles for her, especially not this one. Right, exactly. You know, she can't she can't rely on them to stand up for her and defend her all the time. And and I have discussions I want to have at the end of this about Cal and Maven and this is this is in in the, at this point in the book is when I started getting really mad at Mare. I'm mad at Mare in this chapter, and I get even more mad at Mare as we go on, but we'll get there. At the end of the episode, you want to go yeah. back and start? Okay. Yeah. I mean, with what happens at the end of the chapter, we'll have to talk about it anyway, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get there. So, they're fighting, and then Mare's running and dodging in and out, and... Evangeline's made these little metal spider things that scurry around and Mare's blowing them up. And then it seems like Mare starts feeling like she's actually winning and the crowd, everyone's like cheering her on. And yeah, she pins Evangeline. Right. So she looks like she's ready to win this thing. And then her inexperience shows and Evangeline turns the tables on her. Well, and also a giant metal spider with razor legs forms and starts coming at her. So kind of not really a lot you can do with that. I mean, she could probably call up the lightning and electrocute the thing and shut it down. But but she doesn't really have that level of training yet. You know, she's kind of not, she has taken Evangeline out with like a couple of shots, but yeah. She doesn't really um, have the experience, like, to be able to electrocute that thing or know where to hit right. like, I also think she just didn't think about that. I think she was just like, I don't, there's nothing I can do. She was just so afraid that her body and mind were just like, nope. We're done with this. Yeah. yeah. So, when, right before the tables are turned, I'm going to read straight from the book. This is Mayor's point of view. She says, I hear Maven through the shriek of metal and cheering classmates roaring for me to finish her. The lights flash, making her hard to spot. But for a brief moment, I feel what it's like to be one of them, to feel strength and power absolutely, to know you can do what millions can't. Evangeline feels like this every day, and now it's my turn. I'll teach her what it's like to know fear. That just, I mean, she's feeling like a silver right now, but it also just shows how back and forth Mary is, because literally 
five minutes ago we were discussing how she was talking about game over. Everyone I love was going to be lost because yeah. I'm in the, I'm in this fight. So yeah. it's just it shows to how young she is, how uh, emotionally inequipped she is Correct. to deal with these situations because she has never really had like this kind of relationship before. You know, like right. a true adversary. And she does kind of what Maven did in his fight earlier that she saw him lose. She lost. She was so excited about thinking she's getting ready to win. She wasn't paying attention to what was going on. She lost sight of Evangeline, who got behind her, and that's how she ended up losing the fight. Right. But she gets cut by this giant spider yeah. on her face. So then this giant flash of flame blows the spider off of her. And then Maven pulls her up. It doesn't really say in the book which one of them actually blew the spider off of her. Was it Cal or was it Maven? I don't right. think it ever is discussed. It doesn't say. It's it just not. says an arm of fire. So I don't know if both of them together. Or yeah. Cal or Maven. We've seen Cal use that measure basically to save her before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't specifically know if it was him or Maven or both. And then Maven just yanks her up to her feet. And basically is brushing the healers off and takes her out in the hall because they don't want anyone to see the blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. and covers her face with her hair. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody can see the blood. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of sweet. It was kind of mm-hmm. sweet. And then Mayor's all worried about the cameras. But right. Maven's like, no, the Sentinels are loyal to my mom. They, they won't question They're anything. not going to question anything. They're the ones that monitor the cameras. you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. And she immediately wants to go to Julian. Of course. Why wouldn't she? Right. And, Who and, else would she really trust? Right. We add to the mutter count because Maven yep. mutters. Maven mutters. Julian's a fool. And it takes some convincing. The Sorry. contempt over there. <laughs> Everybody loves Julian except Maven. Exactly. Maven's feelings toward Julian are like, like there's one drawback at this point. What? Drawback to Maven? Yeah. Well, it, well, yeah, the Julian... The biggest the, drawback, the, the, I He think. disagreed, yeah. But Mayor makes a point. She says, Julian knows me. He's going to know what to do to handle the situation. Yeah, where else would you take me right now? To your mom? You think she's going to help? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is exactly what she's always wanted. Why would... Why would she fix this? Right. And then they get there, and Julian sees Maven, and... You could tell immediately that this is like they neither one of these people like each other. I think at this point, yeah, Julian doesn't like Maven, and Maven doesn't like Julian. Yes, the hate is mutual. That's right. It's pretty reciprocal. Yeah. Right. And Cal is just kind of like, eh, yeah, you know, he's he's like, I okay, I don't like him because we're supposed to not like him, but yeah. Yeah, we we have that that coming up because they talk about him some more also later in this chapter, I believe. Yeah. Right. So at this point, Julian's like, I'm not a healer, you know. All I can do is patch her up. We're going to need something more serious to hide this right. scar. If you mm-hmm. want to really not have a wound on her face, we need to get an actual right. skin healer in here. Mm-hmm. And Maven's like, see, I told you, he can't do anything. <laughs> This guy's worthless. <laughs> but then... Can I go? So, yeah. So this is straight from the book. I told you, Maven says, he can't do anything. Julian's lips curl into a snarl. Find Sarah Skonos. He snaps, his jaw tightening as he waits for Maven to move. I've never seen Maven this angry, not even with Cal. But then it's not anger spilling out from Maven or Julian. It's hate. 
They absolutely despise each other. Do it, my prince. The title sounds like a curse coming from Julia's lips. <laughs> Sensing a little bit of tension. Yeah, a little bit. The tension, this kind of tension and hate is for some reason what I live for. Like, it makes me more happy than it should. And no one wants to talk about it. Julian's like, not now, Mary. Right. right. We're not going to talk about it. We don't talk about Bruno. Right. He just says Sarah's a healer, she's a friend, and she's discreet. But then, of course, Maven comes back and is like, or Maven, before he leaves even, Maven's like, Sarah's not who I would choose. Ugh. Right. <laughs> Gosh. Gosh. See? He's a 17-year-old boy. Yeah, for sure. So for tell, sure. tell me a little about Sarah. Does anyone have any information on Sarah Skonos? Well, well Mare points out that she's actually letting herself age, that she they're different than, like, the Blanoses. Well, I mean, they're different kinds of... They're different kinds of healers, yeah. But they're also, you know, she can tell, like, a difference in personality between those two types of people, too. Because one's much more about vanity. But Sarah, who's letting herself age, and Julian, who's letting himself age, you know, that they're... Um, they're a little more, I guess... Mare would consider that genuine. Right. Less all yeah. about the outward uh, physical impressions. And she even says that Sarah looks like she's had a much harder... She looks about Julian's age, but looks like she's had a harder life. Harder life, yeah. Yeah. And every time Mare tries to, like, say thank you, or she gets no response. Yeah. So I don't know if this girl's just, like, freezing her out. Yeah, she's very confused. Very confused. But she does. She realizes that Sarah does, doesn't seem to have a fondness for Maven either, and that Julian, she feels like, was in love with her at one time, if not still in love with her. She even says, "Right, she can yeah." Tell. Notices there's an uncomfortable kind of way that they move Correct. around each other. Yeah. So she is full of questions at this point in time, and she is not going to get any answers because <laughs> Maven is like, "Our Sarah heels are up." Better than even before she came to the palace. Mm-hmm. She's tip-top shape. And Sarah goes, and Maven's like, okay, that's our cue, let's go. And basically, like, drags her out in the hallway. Right. Yeah. right before, well, here's, like, I want to get away from Julian at this point. Right, right yeah. before this Are happens. Are we done? Let's go. <laughs> right before this happens, and I think this is, this is like the last piece we hear about their, I mean, you can tell the hatred, and there's, but we don't really know exactly, but this is kind of the only hint we get is right before he pulls her out. There's another mutter, too. Yeah. Are you two? Sure? Maven and Julian both. Oh yes. Mm. Oh yes. Are you sure no one saw? My hand comes to my cheek, now smooth and clean. Maven pauses, thinking, no one who would say anything. Secrets don't stay secrets. Julian mutters. There you go. Yep. His voice quivers with rare anger. You know that, your highness. You should know the difference between secrets. Maven snaps and lies. <sighs> so Maven clearly thinks that Julian <laughs> lies, or right. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean... I think he's. it's more directed at just, like, everything in the palace in general, how it's just, you know, we talked about spin before on an episode. Everything that they do is spin. You don't get the straight truth oh, right. out of anybody. Of yeah. You get it skewed from no matter which angle it's coming from, it's coming to you skewed. Unless you're getting it from Julian, or so Mare thinks, so... Mm-hmm. Correct. So Maven is dragging Mare down the hall to her room, and who do they run into? 
I love her. Yay! Yay! And Just this, exactly who Mara's so Mara happy about this. She's ecstatic. This is this is what she wanted? Yeah. Not. Not. Although she's very relieved that um, when Alara catches up to them or whatever in the hallway that she can't feel her in her head. She thinks she's probably in Maven's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she knows she's in Maven's head. Which, it like, shows, okay, it's more important for her to get a read on Maven, or it's easier for her to get a read on Maven. Maybe You know easier. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and she, he says that uh, nothing is going on, but she, she Miracle tells us, she can tell that Alara doesn't believe him, but she doesn't question him. Right. She instead turns to Mare. Yeah. Of course. And make sure, makes sure to call her... Lady Marina. Yeah, she says, Best hurry up, Lady Marina, or you'll be late for luncheon. She purrs, finally turning her ghostly eyes on me, and it's my turn to hold on to Maven. And take a little more care in your training sessions. Red blood is just so hard to clean up. You would know, I snap, remembering Shade, because no matter how hard you try to hide it, I see it all over your hands. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. That is like lava. Boom. Roasted. Right? This backfires on Mare. A little bit. In a big way. Yeah. Well, she was like hella proud of herself there for about 1.5 seconds. (laughs) Exactly. So proud. Until Alara jumps into her mind and makes her body seize basically like she was a puppet on strings. Basically slamming her head back against the wall. Yeah. So, good job, Mare. And Mare's wondering Mm -hmm. at this point, why didn't she just kill me? Right. I mean, I kind of wonder that as well, but she's probably just having so much fun toying with her. Oh, yeah. That Like, she's having a little too well, much fun. But yeah. now they've introduced this new silver princess, what are they going to do? If, how are they going to explain her dying? Exactly. Kind of put themselves into a corner at this point. They've kind of put all their eggs in the Lady Marina basket. Yeah. There's not a whole lot they can do now. It's going to look bad. So now it's time for luncheon. Mare has to go get out of her fire singed training clothes and into her like froofy luncheon dress. dress yeah. 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 Which she just loves. Yeah. She enjoys wearing dresses. She but doesn't. No, she no, doesn't. No, she doesn't. <laughs> Who is at this luncheon? It's a little different. There are servicemen there. Yeah. Lots Silvers, of uniformed yeah, in uniform. officers. But not... Mayor can tell like right away that they're not real quote-unquote soldiers that these are these are kids of important people you know these are kids that have trained like to go in as generals or whatever you know what I mean they're not going to have to go through the lower ranks of the army or if they do they're going to get preferential treatment because they're from important families well, aren't these supposed to be Cal's Shadow Legion that yeah. he's that he's forming? We, we find that out, yes. Yeah, so which it's is super important. Which is silvers that are going to go to the front line and dress as red, so the the Lakelanders are going to think they're reds, and then they're going to be silvers with abilities, and it's just going to be. They're like some of the servicemen that are there with Cal are just going on. on Cal's going to lead us to victory, and we're going to end this war. They're not going to see anything like this before. It's, Yay! It's pretty funny, and Mayor's kind of like feels sad because. She's scared now because Cal's going to the front. She's like, why am I, why do I care? But I do, but why? But I do, but why? Why? Like I do, but 
Why? But Maven's like, this is Cal's choice. This was his idea. And the king is like, so proud right now. Super pumped. Yeah. And then Mare gets kind of freaked out because Cal tells her that she was the inspiration for this attack. That they're going to send these abilityed silvers up to the front line. So when the Lakelanders bust through the front line, they're going to think that these are red soldiers because they're going to be dressed like red soldiers, but they're going to be met with people with abilities. Correct. And that's something that they've never had to do before. Which made me wonder, why not? Because they don't want to actually do the dying. Like... What, how why is there the not like a thing similar to the Night's Watch on Game of Thrones, you know, where bratty children of big houses that can't control themselves yet have abilities have to go and fight on the front lines. Like they have people with all these abilities and they're not sending them already to fight. Yeah, like they're like in the back line. They're like, we're, we're going to like conserve them. Why have Silver's not been sent to the front lines before this? Because we're I finding out they're they're all actually, all, Silver's are kind of a bunch of wussies. Yeah. A little bit. It's, I was so shocked to be like, how in a hundred years has nobody ever thought of this? But then, because you know what's going to happen next, the Lakelanders will start sending silvers to the front line. Yeah, and now and you it's want to be talk silver about on balance. silver violence, and that's not what they want. That's not any what they want, yeah. right? But Cal is like, nope, this is how it's going to go. When after the ball, when you guys go back to the capital, I'm going to go north up to the choke with my men and women. I guess they they mention both genders there, I think. I think but so. Anyway, his troops, his legion, they're going to take them up to the choke and they're going to fight alongside the Reds. Which, this makes Mary nervous for two reasons. One, Cal is going to be at the front lines and she doesn't like that. And right. two, he's not going to be with Evangeline. So, Evangeline's, Evangeline's going to have to find some other way to yeah. spend her time. She's got way more time to annoy Mare and torment yep. her, yep. basically. There's some muttering here. There is some muttering. But when Mare sees how like proud and happy the king is of his son, she starts thinking to herself, she wishes her mom would be that proud of her for something. So she's a little bit of, a little bit of envy also there. Okay, but let's be honest. Mare's mom doesn't have that much to be proud of in that regard. True story. Right. I think she's just craving appreciation for anything that she does at this point in time. When you're that age, you generally crave the approval of your parents. True. You know, those are the first people yeah. that you want to that you want to impress. So she's like, she sees Cal's father being proud of him and she wishes that she was in a position to make her parents proud of her like that. And she had said that before when they went to the stilts and her mom was all excited about the money that they'd gotten and the boys had come home and stuff like that. And Mare was like, my mom is proud of a lie. So she had gotten to the point where she could make her mom proud, but it's still a lie. Her mom still can't know the truth. So then after the luncheon, Mare is in her room and there's a knock at her door. Who could it be? Who is it? 
Small cow. <gasps> she loves small cow. She loves small cow. I knew I'd get you on my I'm side eventually. I'm leading into it. Yep. If I let it annoy me, I'm going to go insane. You're learning. So what does cow want? Well, cow is like, hey, there's a ball coming up. And you suck at dancing. So I'm going to teach you how to dance. Right. He's like, basically, Evangeline kicked your butt at fighting. I don't want her to kick your butt on the dance floor, too. And Mare is like, yes, I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, I'm engaged to your brother. Should we be doing this? Engaged I don't, to the girl who tried to kill me today. Be here. This, I feel like this is breaking some kind of code. Right. But she says, shaking, I put my hand in his and let him pull me out of my room. Aww. Yeah, she's like, I can't do this. This is so stupid. Okay, I'm going. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. She's just like, no, this is wrong. This is, and then she looks at Cal again. And she's like, ah, you know what? Maybe. This is so wrong, but he is so smart. <laughs> Does he take her hand and drag her head first, fearless? <laughs> is that a Taylor? Right? Yes, yeah. it is. But she doesn't dance in the storm in her best dress. No. Not that fearless. Not yet. She did have a conversation with Maven in a storm in, in, in her rain. best dress. Yeah. So we're getting there. We're getting there. That's right. So that's the end of chapter 17. So we roll into chapter 18. Yes. And this is the dance lesson. Where, exa- where exactly does Cal take Mayor? Because I didn't, I didn't really catch. Is that a sitting room, maybe? She said she moved chairs. Yeah, because he moves a bunch yeah. of chairs out of the way for them to have a dance floor. So it must just like be a... some empty room. There's cameras, though. There. Mayor yeah, can she tell that. So Mayor can tell that there's cameras. They're clearly watching her. But A, she doesn't care. And nobody comes to stop them. Yeah. yeah. He's got a little box. I guess it's like a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. Beats by Cal. Maybe he Bluetooths it to the speaker. Beats by Cal. Beats by Cal. <laughs> yeah. I can't take credit for that. Oh, did you find that on a video? No, it was actually in um, the paperback copy of Broken Throne I have. There's a part of Chapter 18 that Victoria Aviard actually like annotated or whatever. Yeah. And when he pulls out the little speaker... Like, that's what was written there. Beats like Cal. That's so, funny. That is pretty funny. Credit goes to the author for this one. Good job, Victoria. She notates that the music that comes out of the little box is upbeat and bouncy. Is it Swole Ride? Well, it must be Taylor Swift if it's upbeat. Endlessly upbeat music. Endlessly upbeat music. Okay, enough with the Taylor Swift. <laughs> Never! Never! But I do like the dynamic here. This whole scene is super cute. Yes. Mare is watching Cal dance. I imagine him dancing like Chris Penn in Footloose when he's trying to learn how to dance. And he looks like a big giant fool, but that he's having the time of his life. Mm -hmm. That's what it makes me think of. Like when I, when she's describing Cal dancing by himself and how dumb he looks, and then she's wondering how stupid she must look when she's dancing by herself. But they're both just having so much fun, you know, not even dancing with each other yet. They're just dancing around by themselves. Yeah. And, you know, they're having fun like two young people. It's crazy. Permission to make another Taylor Swift reference? You got it for me. It's your dad you got to ask about. Right. Permission granted. Dancing in the kitchen, chase me down through the hallway. There you go. I could do this all day. I know. Tonight she's going to dance for all that they've been through. Mm-hmm. And everything's going great until Mayor brings up 
Julian and Sarah, and then Cal kind of gets a little cold as well. Yeah. What is the deal with the royal family and Julian and Sarah Skonos? What is the deal? <laughs> All Cal says at first is Maven has good reasons for not liking him. So, clearly, Cal doesn't really like him either. Like, that's what that... Right. And he says he doesn't. He says he just doesn't like to think he about Sarah. He just doesn't Sarah. like to think about her. Yeah. yeah. She, he said she was his mommy's best friend. <laughs> right. And that when his mom died, that Sarah didn't know how to grieve her properly. She kind of made me think that maybe she was really angry when Corianne died. And she ran her mouth a little bit too much to the wrong people Possibly. about her thoughts about how Corianne died. Possibly. I mean, knowing what I know, I haven't read the part in Broken Throne where they talk about it, but I know it's what happened. No, yeah, I can't imagine because I know basically what happened. And so, you know, but Cal at this point doesn't know that. No, he wasn't even one when because she he, died. He doesn't remember her. Right. And so Mare is like, well, just ask her. I'm sure she'll tell you all about it. And Cal tells Mare. Sarah can't speak. Yeah. She can't talk. Cut out her tongue. Yeah. Or run in her mouth too much. Yeah. Yeah. And his dad and Julian won't talk about her. It's just, I guess whatever happened has traumatized them so much, they just don't want to talk about it. And Cal calls what Sarah said terrible lies. Because that's all he's heard. Like, he doesn't actually know what she said. Right. He just knows that... She, she, she was punished for telling terrible lies. Yeah, she spread a bunch of stuff around after the queen died, and then Alara was chosen in the queen's trial, and that's all he knows. Right. So... And he's like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Basically, right. Basically, he's just like, okay. Shuts her down. We're done. Yeah. Mutters. Well, same time tomorrow. A couple times. Yeah. Peace. Swole Cal out. Yep. And just bounces. Yep. And leaves her. I was kind of shocked by that, that he didn't at least offer to escort her back to her room. Right? You walked her all the way out clearly, here. Walk her back to her room. Well, yeah. clearly this is a subject that is a sore point for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. I think. She's realizing that pretty Cal quick. particularly. Like, it seems to just really hit him at a weird place that he doesn't like. So Mary gets back to her room, and then she realizes that she doesn't feel the cameras. The cameras are off. And she's thinking, Farley! Yay! And we were all thinking, yay, Farley! But instead we get Maven. But we we don't get happy Maven. This Aww. is... No. But he does say that he, he some of his mother's men owed him favors, so he was able to get the cameras turned off. Mm-hmm. So they can talk without... This is right. maybe kind of whiny Maven. Yeah, but I... Don't think he was expecting her to not be there. Yeah. When he got there, I think he's a little perturbed that she was not in her room. Right. But he does say something to her that's kind of sweet about how he wished they didn't have to paint her up like that because she blushed, and he said they wished they didn't have to make her look silver, which was kind of I think a little sweet. They have some really cute moments. Yeah, kind of. But he also he just had to. He also just spoke with Farley, which means 
we know Farley demanded something of him because that's the way she is. She doesn't take no for an answer. Right. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things I like about her. She knows what she wants, and she's going to get it. And so Maven tells her, I didn't want to do it, but she's right. We can't sit still. We have to act. And if that means I'm going to give her people, I'm going to do it. I won't like it, but I will. And I have. So he's already given her names. Yay! And what names does he give up? I've got them here if you need. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. He gave up Reynald Irel. Irel? Earl. Ptolemus Samos, Evangeline's brother. Yeah. Ptolemus. Is it Ellen or Eline? Ellen. Ellen McCanthos and Bellicose Larillon. Larillon. You were so close with that that last one. And McCanthos commands like half a legion and heads the war war council because mayor's like, but McCanthos is one that's kind of... Yeah, she's kind of sympathetic sympathetic. to our side. She was telling your mom that, hey, this Scarlet Guard's doing some stuff. And your Alara, the queen, was trying to poo-poo it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows about the cover-ups and blah, 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 right. blah. Right, Maven's like, yeah, but she's also, like, head of the war council. If we get rid of her, it will throw everything at the front into disarray. And immediately, Mayor's saying, oh, you mean, like, so Cal probably won't go in Maven. Yeah. yeah. The king would never send the future king to an unstable right. front. She's like, you know, I, she's like, I didn't I didn't think McCanthos was that bad, but I'll gladly sacrifice her if it keeps Cal here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to keep Cal within my grasp because... I'm a really needy person. She says she'd do it a thousand times. She'd give Macanthos' life for cows a thousand times. Girl. Girl. <laughs> Mare. Girl. So many Mare girl notes. <laughs> that needs to be its own count, I feel like. And then Maven's like, yeah, and your friend's part of this too, which means Kalorn. Is going to be part of this operation as well, and Mayor's yeah. not happy about that. Well, Mayor's not happy about anything. Mayor's just generally not a happy person at this point. Right, because then Mayor, Mayor's like, well, what if we fail? And Maven's like, yeah, we're not going to. But what if we do? Mayor, stop. Well, what, what if we do? Mayor, we do? we're not going to fail. Yeah. What if we do? Well, yeah, okay, we Mayor, do. I'm having enough of this. Mayor has the MJ yes. from No Way Home yeah. defense, basically. It's always expect disappointment, and you'll never be disappointed. And finally, Which is a really like, crappy way to live your life. Right. Finally, he's like, if we fail, we'll be tried for treason, convicted, and killed. Okay. I mean... I mean, you what, wanted an answer. Yeah, did you course. want... There's your answer. Did you want a better answer? Because any better answer you're going to get is a lie. Right. So do you want the truth, or do you want to feel happy? She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into, girl. Yeah, basically. So then we kind of skip to our next... Lessons with Julian. Lessons with Julian! Yay! Sorry. I feel like there should be some Bob Ross music playing every time we talk about Julian. <laughs> lessons with Julian. Have some happy little lessons. I don't think Julian is ever that sunny dispositioned, though. No. He's like, he's like the more cynical, older Bob Ross. Yes. So, she can't concentrate and Julian's like you seem awful attached to uh, the young prince there Maven why'd you become Cliff for a minute the, uh, the young prince there <laughs> the uh, the uh, young prince there hey Nam. 
And she just kind of laughs it off. It's like, well, we are going to get married. I mean, I'm kind of engaged. If we weren't close, it would be, like, weird. Yeah, and she says Maven is the last person I should be wary of in this pit of snakes. And Julian's Wait, like... Wait, what did she say, like... Three, maybe four chapters ago. Right. Mare! Well, Julian's <laughs> like, Julian's not let this go. Ju- so here's... <sighs> Thank you. Let's read from the book. I'm just trying to help you. Maven is his mother's son. This time I really do stamp. You don't know a thing about him. Maven's my friend. <laughs> Maven's risking more than me. Judging him by his parents is like judging me for my blood. Just because you hate the king and queen doesn't mean you can hate him too. <laughs> Mare! What did you do literally three chapters ago? Correct. So Julian stares at me, his gaze level and full of fire. When he speaks, his voice sounds more like a growl. I hate the king because he couldn't save my sister, because he replaced her with that viper. I hate the queen because she ruined Sarah Skonos, because she took the girl I loved and broke her apart, apart, because she cut Sarah's tongue out, and then lower, a lament. She had such a beautiful voice. So that's Julian. why Sarah can't talk. Yeah. Julian. Well, and then... He's making a point to her, too. Oh, yeah. Right. Mare's such a beautiful little tropical fish. <laughs> She's basically like, why didn't anybody heal her? You know? Why didn't anybody save her? Mare. And give her her tongue back? Mare. Yeah. Julian's like, um, um, I don't you... think you get how things here work. Did you just hear what I said? It was the queen that did it. Why... Right. If no one's going to cross Alara. Yeah. yeah, no one's going to cross the queen. It's not... You don't do that, honey. Just because Alara can't kill you right now does not mean that that's the same that goes for everybody else. Yeah, well, and, and a skin healer can't heal themselves. Exactly. Right. So somebody else would have had to have healed her for her, and nobody else would do it because they wouldn't cross Alara. Right. Yeah. And Mare starts thinking, finally, well, if they would cut out her tongue, what will they do to me? Honey. <laughs> now you're getting it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some pretty intense stuff back and forth here between Mare and Julian. I think they probably come the closest that they have so far to having like a legit fight. Yeah, I've got a couple of passages from the yeah, book. Do you have some as well? We'll see if I touch on the same because he's basically talking about how it's a game. You know, he's saying you're not playing the game; they're playing a game. She says, because this isn't a game, Julian, I push his book of, rec- book of records towards him, shoving the list of dead names into his lap. This is life and death, and I'm not playing for a throne or a crown or a prince. I'm not playing at all. I'm different. You are, he murmurs, running a finger over the pages, and that's why you're in danger from everyone, even Maven, even me. Anyone can betray anyone. Which will kind of become the the catchphrase of the series and Mary's yeah. mantra throughout this whole thing. It's on the cover of one of the books, I think. Like, it's the tagline to one of the books, I think. But he's so. even saying, like, you can't even trust me. You can't I even may- trust me. And that's the one person where she was like... Right. I may not even... I mean, it's Julian's basically saying, like, right now, I have no wish to betray you, Mayor, but you don't know what Elara can do or what anyone else can do that might make me have to betray you or choose to betray you. can't trust anybody is what he's trying to get to her. And then she, he basically tells her she's a pawn. 
And she says, think what you want, Julian. I'm no one's fool. <laughs> oh, Mary. Oh, oh honey. She's a beautiful little tropical fish. Yes. Like, oh, you poor sweet little thing. Mm. That that there's one um YA trope that's in this book. Yeah. The, I don't want to be a pawn in somebody's game. It's a very right. very constant YA trope. While simultaneously being, being a exactly upon in somebody's, somebody's game. game. Correct. Right. And saying like I'm gonna be different, I'm not gonna do what they expect me to do, and doing exactly right. what they expect you to yeah. do. It's very fun. So they kind of they kind of have a yeah a little falling out there. I would say it's a fight. It doesn't get to like actual fight level no. necessarily. More of like a argument that ends with she, she hears what happens to Sarah, and I think feels for Julian. Is like oh I feel, I feel so bad, but doesn't understand the reason he's telling her that is because she needs to understand that she cannot trust anyone. Right. She has to trust only in herself. So then we jump to the next uh, dance class with the swole one. <laughs> and she can't stop thinking about what she talked about with Julian. And then she's seeing the faces and hearing, thinking about the names of the people that made the targets that Maven gave to the to Farley. So she's got all this running through her mind while she's dancing with Cal. <laughs> right. I was just checking my notes out. Sorry. Because now this chapter basically ends. We've got them kind of dancing and they have a little bit of a discussion and Cal says Maven is twice the prince that he is because he's so good with all of the political BS. That's Maven is so good at that. Then mayor sitting here after is like kind of having these fuzzy feelings for Cal, but also remembering Julian's words that anyone can betray you. Mm-hmm. And then they just start making out. <laughs> I mean, literally. It like says, what does it say there towards the end? Like, aren't they like, she's basically like, I know I can't do this. She's, you know, anyway. But yeah, they talk first, you know, like they have a yeah, little bit of a conversation. A little bit of a conversation. And, you know, she's, she's like thinking in her head, which this is, this is the part where I really started being super frustrated with Mare. She's there physically with Cal and the swolitude. But in her head, she's thinking about Maven and his perfect manners and how he says all the right things at all the right times and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, so you're here with one and you're thinking about the other. She does that a lot, too. Like, when she's with one brother, she's thinking about the other. Yeah. What does that say about her as a person? Exactly. She's a JD. She only wants what, what she, she can, can have. have. True story. Like, is that the last bowl of cereal? Pretty scrubs mm-hmm. fan. <laughs> you know, she, it, I keep having to, like, remind myself, 17-year-old girl, 17-year-old girl, 17-year-old girl, because it's, I, as a 42-year-old woman now <laughs> with children that have surpassed this age, it's like, why are you wasting your brain matter on this you know what I mean like you have so many more important things to be thinking of and you're back and forth on which one of these dudes you're going to choose like why are you even letting yourself have these emotions for Cal why are you constantly looking at his swoleness you know what I mean well, I mean, who they literally have no shot at being together ever 
And she's just like, but Cal, though. And I just want to grab her by her shoulders and smack her across her face. See, the thing about this for me is, yes, it makes me angry, but it's not as bad as most YA books. That's true. So I'm happy. I guess, yeah. Like, the romance isn't that big of a deal. This is the point where it's the biggest deal. Yeah. It, like, it it's The romance is all downhill like, from here. So if this is what you're coming to this book for... Yeah, Stop now. You better check out. Because it's not going to, like, this is peak romance. Yeah, because what did Julian say? Anyone can, can betray, betray anyone. anyone. Right. Well, and anyway. she's, so she's, like, thinking of how awesome Maven is in her head while absorbing the swolitude. And so she says, you know, he's twice the prince you'll ever be, but he'll only ever be a prince. You'll be king. You'll be king. And Cal's like, I wish it didn't have to be that way. So, right. pretty evident that Cal does not want to be the king. He no. doesn't think he's cut out for it. You know, he'd much rather somebody else deal with all of that stuff. Yeah. But can it can't read, be that way. Can I read the last paragraph of this chapter? Yeah, go ahead. As much as I want to pull away, I just can't do it. Cal's a cliff, and I throw myself over the edge, not bothering to think of what it could do to both of us. One day he'll realize I'm his enemy, and all this will be a far-gone memory. But not yet. Now all I can think about is Cal's swollen lips. <sighs> and how good it feels. Mare, mare, mare. Like, oh God, girl. Jump into the pages and smack her. <laughs> smack her. And it's going to be better when the adaption comes out. Because then you can just and fake smack. We have right? to remember at this point, there are still cameras on. Yeah. Yeah. She did this knowing full well. There were people watching her. Well, okay. In her defense, in the book, it does say that he kisses her. Right. But so, she doesn't But like, she doesn't, she doesn't stop. stop. Right. She's, she's like, oh, you're kissing me? Move. I'm going like, to kiss you back. Yeah. Right. It was very this reciprocated. A, right. This is very consensual. Do I need to sign a clause or something <laughs> like that that says that it's okay for you to kiss me? Yes. So, yeah. She's... Just both of them are throwing caution to the wind and they're just going to have a makeout session right there in whatever ballroom this is. And that's how we end our chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Wasn't there something that you wanted to go back on? Yeah. Mare. Girl! Yes. Mare's <laughs> duplicitousness <laughs> with these boys. Uh. It's like, <laughs> Maven's not my type. I shouldn't trust him. Maven's totally my type. I trust him. Like... I, I can't feel anything for Cal. He's my enemy, and he's my fiancé's brother. But this, but this kiss so is so good so those pants. Right. It's just like, <laughs> you know, this, oh and I guess maybe because there is so little romance in this book, when it does come into it, it kind of trips up how you think about things, because you don't think about Mare, like, wanting to kiss somebody. Like, yeah. everything that you've seen of her in these first 16 chapters it, you know it's not you never got the thought that she would want to kiss anybody in this book and then all of a sudden she's talking about how great thinking about how great maven is and talking about how great maven is and then kissing his brother but i she's just a teenage girl it's not necessarily out of character or out of the story though it's not out of character to me i think when I we talk about it like this I don't it think so. sounds like it's a lot more out of character but if you actually go through and read it it's less out of story and out of character than it sounds if you really read it 
Yeah. Yeah, I read it. I feel like I feel like <laughs> Maven. I feel like Maven is like the guy that she's gonna be like, thanks, buddy, because he's always there. He's a great guy. She's gonna always talk about how he's a great guy, but she's always gonna go after the quarterback, and that's Cal. Yeah, yeah. And that's just kind of. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I don't think it's that out of character, but I like that it really shakes up when it does happen in this in this book. It has an effect on the characters in the situation because yeah. they're in this. You know, this is a pretty dire situation. Mare's in, and she's thinking about that. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. But she's also a teenage girl who, mm-hmm. you know, and also at that age, what she does within the relationships and the romance affects the story in some way. It's right. not like the romance and the story are two separate things like some books feel like. Right. Like the romance has no effect on the story and vice versa, if that makes sense. Did, have you ever like felt like that when you've read a YA series? There, mean, there's one I can point out that was that way. A lot of them that I read, like the romance is woven into the story. Like it's part of the story like the selection you know what I mean it was all about you know I haven't read romance. it I know but I've told you about it you know and there was one trilogy that I read I can't remember the name of it now but it was basically illegal to love somebody like you got a shot when you were 18 that kept you from having romantic feelings about somebody and then you were hmm. paired with like, your match, you know what I mean? Like, this person is compatible with you, so you're going to marry them, and then but yeah, that's, that's your life. That's kind of a story that's basically about relationships. And, right, right, right. So that's what that I'm saying. My, I haven't read a lot. I haven't read that many series where romance isn't part of it, except for maybe Divergent. It felt weird in Divergent. The one that I'm thinking of is Born at Midnight, which I know I told you about mm-hmm. when I was reading it. It seemed like... There were chapters that were devoted to the story and chapters that were devoted to the romance. They could have been taken and done as separate books, and it, like, there wouldn't have been much e- like editing needed. Yeah, that's how different they were. Ugh. Like, uh, but the story was really interesting. Like, I legit wanted to finish because the story was interesting. Yeah, but the romance just wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't written well. It wasn't integrated well. None of it made sense. It was very, I get that I'm trying to figure out what's up, but, like, both these boys are really hot. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm willing to put aside the dire circumstances right now because I want to choose which hot boy I'm going out with. Yeah. That's the issue. I mean, that's kind of what we're faced with at the end of this chapter. she, She literally gives a very long list of reasons as to why them having anything to do with each other is a bad idea. And then they're kissing. Yeah, and how many girls that age have done the exact same thing? All of All them. Of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, this is on Cal as much, because he started it, and I think Cal's feeling, he's going to the front, it's a big deal, but also, well, if he goes to the front, there is a likelihood he could be killed. True. I think he's feeling... A lot of things right now. Yeah. And, and the ball is the re- next day, so. Right. And realizing that after that, everything changes for him. And who's he not going to see? And who's he Who's he going to miss? I think he's realizing he's going to miss Mayor for whatever reason. Heart wants what the heart wants, well, yeah. I guess. yeah. He tells her, I'm going to miss you. Right. And that's when she's kind of like, she kind of stops short and is like, I guess I'm going to miss him too. You know, yeah. she's like, she's told herself this whole time that after this ball, 
everything's going to change. They're going to go back to Archeon. 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 Okay. That's how I like to pronounce it. I like Archeon better, too, but there was that part in the audiobook where they were calling it Archeon, and I was like, Screw the audiobook. But, you know, she's going to leave behind Cal. She's going to leave behind her family. She's going to leave behind this palace that she knows where everything is at and where she can run to and where she can't. It's she's like going to leave behind Julian as far as she knows. Like The you palace know. thing is like when you learn which switch is the light and which switch is the fan in your bathroom and then you move or you go to like a hotel or something and you're like, which one is the, which, like what? Right, exactly. When you move and you're like, is it the one close to the door or furthest from the door? Which one is the fan and which one is the light? Because I know yeah. dad struggles with that a lot. Yeah. But, like, when you figure out where everything is, you like to keep it that way. Yeah. Then then you move, and you're like, well, great, now I have to find a new place for everything, and then I have to memorize this Where layout. that is, yeah. So, I guess, I mean, I, I see where the two of them are coming from. I see where the feelings come into play. It's just aggravating. Feels like, you know, we're rushing headlong into something, and this kind of is like a detour, you know, like when we were driving home from Florida and we had to get off the highway in Atlanta and go around that big curve and then get back on the highway because of that wreck. This oh, just felt like that in which, this book. Which wreck? I don't know. <laughs> there were like six when we went No, the least. one that we had to get off the highway for where the two cars were flipped over. We actually had to yeah. go like on the shoulder. Yeah, the... no, we had to get off at an yeah. off-ramp and get back on the highway on the other side because the wreck was like right under the off-ramp or whatever. That was insane. But this just felt, it just felt like a weird speed bump I don't, in the book. I don't see it that way, though. No. I don't think, like, I'm not saying that you're necessarily wrong. I'm just saying I didn't see it that right. way. No, I get it. Well, I guess that about covers the chapter, right? What we're going to look into? Well, now we have our exciting new segment of the show, Fan Art Corner. So we have been scouring Instagram for all of the awesome fan art. And this week, our artist is at Red Queen is Love on Instagram. She is a wonderful girl named Jenny Jansen. She emailed us a couple of photos that she had done. And these are basically like photos that she does and then renders them afterwards into the character. So this is her rendering of Evangeline. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, we will put that. I like that. We will put that on our Instagram, and we'll have it on our fan art page on the website. Uh, check out our website. It's www.readingwiththerockefellers.com. You can find all of our episodes there. Fan art. You can see our beautiful faces. We'll have some pictures of our mascots, Meredith and Olivia. <laughs> Who can be heard fighting in the background of some of our episodes. We apologize for that, but it's really cute. Yeah, today they seem to be pretty docile. I haven't heard them fighting over there. There's I had a little bit. talk with them earlier, and they seem to, respond, they seem to, to respond. So, Also, grab us on Instagram. Give us a follow, at Reading with the Rockefellers. On Twitter, occasionally we'll pop up at Rockefeller Read. Send us an email. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, send us your fan casting for the upcoming Peacock series that we're going to have. We're always looking for new fan casting ideas for our mega episode that we'll have at the end of the book. Or yeah. series. Yeah, we need as many as we yeah. can get. Many, as many yeah. 
So send in some recommendations for that. Yeah. Can, so yeah. Go that, through those. That address is readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. You can also get to that from the website readingwiththerockefellers.com. And uh, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Give us a like and a follow. It really helps other people find the show. Tell two friends. Tell two Red Queen fandom friends that you have. Or just book friends in general. Or just book friends in general. Buy somebody a copy of the book. They can read along. They can read along. And then you've got something to talk about on all those long plane rides or car rides or whatever. So, yeah, definitely interact with us. We can't wait to hear from you guys. And we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you.